Welcome to the Creative Spark Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Bump, a registered art therapist and expressive artist. In this show, I meet with artists who are adoptees, professional artists, amateur artists, art therapists, and other creative healers who are committed to keeping creativity woven into their lives. In our conversations, we explore how to ignite and nurture our creative spark and how to use creativity to tell stories about aspects of our identities. I am so excited to share with you my conversation with Christina Watka. She is the Maine-based artist whose installations create joyful, dynamic spaces by reflecting the natural interplay between light, density, movement, and people. She is also a mom of three and a fellow twin mom. She has an inspiring and influential message to share about how light and flow fuel and energize her life as a creative. Let's listen in. Hello, Christina. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here talking with me tonight. Happy to be here. Yes. Friday night. I know. Podcasting <laughs> on a Friday night. I love it. Mm-hmm. And just so people know, we were kind of starting off with talking about our children. Um, and I've shared in the intro before you and I hopped on that, you know, we're both mothers. You're a mom of three and you have two twin girls. I also have twins. So that's kind mm-hmm. of a shared thread that we've had together. Um, So we were just like joking around with each other about motherhood and what that's like. And that's definitely something that I'm really excited about you weaving into our conversation tonight. Um, And so everybody was hearing about your art media in the intro and your creative process a bit, but I would actually love for you to share a little bit more than what people might hear in your bio about your art media that you use. Yeah, sure. Um, so I am uh, full-time. Full-time is a funny way to describe it. I work for myself as uh, an artist. I'm a sculptor and an installation artist, which mostly, um, if people aren't familiar with installation art, it's, it's artwork that's very, very site-specific. So, you know, if you're a painter, you're bringing something that's hung on a wall. Um, if you are a sculptor, a lot of these things are just like placed somewhere, but installation art is based very much in the surrounding area Um, and it's like for me I'm bringing many many pieces and installing them in a large expanse um, somehow somewhere and so my work is um, very very inspired by the natural world that you can find in my bio but also just in life it's the natural world is very inspiring to me Um, my work focuses a lot on light and Mm -hmm. um, representing it in or, or maybe capturing it in a very natural way. Um, I'm mostly using natural materials and um, I'm just inspired by shapes that you could find if you were walking through the woods. They've mm. always been inspiring to me and they continue to be. Yeah, so that's mm. kind of me in a nutshell. So for anyone that doesn't know about your work, um, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your totems and the material that you use in them and sure. And also noticing light, because I think that's a wonderful thing for yeah. you to share with people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I have been working on this series called Light Totems, um, and they're made with mica, and there's these suspended, <clears throat> uh, very delicate chain sculptures that are wall-based sculptures um, made with stacked layers of mica. And I was super inspired by the way that light literally was reflected off of mica but also pushed through so they create these really really beautiful and nuanced um, shadow systems on the wall that are colorful Um, but also they push the light around so it feels like this kind of like natural disco ball in a really soft way and the point that I'm trying to make by creating these is to capture a single moment in time because the light around your room whether it's man-made or if it's natural it's a cloudy day whatever um these pieces flutter with the the softest movement of air um, and reflect the light that's present at the time so i get really excited about them still i've been doing them for years and um i don't know there's just something 
I, I like to tell people, and I think that it's true, that they give you whatever you want in the moment. Like I have one in my dining room and I can't tell you how many times I've been having like a really intense day or I don't know, like good or bad. And all of a sudden I, I catch this really small glint of light because I've walked past this sculpture very fast or slow and it brings me back to where I am, which is very mm. special. Um, and so that's, <clears throat> that's that work. And then the noticing light is something Something that I um, have experienced lifelong from when I was a kid and I would notice the way that light moved on water. I mean, children I think are experts at noticing light because the way that they think about the world is very pure. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I started a hashtag. I, I don't use hashtags. Like I don't really know algorithms or anything like that, but I, I started um, sharing the experience of this daily um, I don't know what I would call it. I guess just like a daily thread, really. This thread that connects my days and moments and hours and all throughout the day and years um, of noticing light and understanding as an artist that that's something that moves me and um, just sharing the simple practice of experiencing the day through noticing light. Um, it's been pretty cool because a lot of people uh, people I know or people I don't know have reached out to me and said, I, I thought of you because I saw this. And like, they'll send me a picture of this really beautiful <laughs> beam of light on a floorboard. And it makes me so glad for them really, because they stopped in their day, took notice of something small and decided to reach out to another human being. Luckily I was the person they reached out to, but they reached out to another person to share that, which only expands the moment into something bigger. So mm -hmm. it's this very, very simple practice. Anybody can do it. It's so remarkable, but so many people go through their days without stopping to, you could you could call it like stopping to smell the roses, right? It's, it's a similar mm -hmm. thing. It's just this, it's just like really abundant um, light is everywhere. I mean, it's like this abundant natural thing that's always around and you can take time to see it. Or you don't have to, and that's okay too. But for mm -hmm. me, it's it's a pretty profound daily thing. <laughs> mm, I'm so glad that you dove into that and explained more about it because I do think that's definitely a way that you inspire others and for people that are listening and are going to want to follow you at the end and learn more about your work and connect with you daily because you do share a lot about noticing light and about your work and about your process and um, and even some personal pieces about your life that you weave into your life as an artist. I think you do that so transparently and wonderfully so I'm excited for people to see that and for you to share more about this it's like when I hear you talking it's like it's a meditation practice for you yeah. um that you're sharing with others and it's really an approachable one you're not saying like hey you know what you need to sit down in a lotus position and you need to <laughs> listen to a guided meditation for 20 minutes and achieve enlightenment I mean because I do think that that is a narrative that's there as far mm -hmm. as like listening and slowing down and paying attention in our lives. And I love that you kind of naturally and intuitively created this noticing light piece that ties in with your artwork, because I think you do live and breathe art, which we're going to keep talking about that, right? Art is you, right. art is your life. Absolutely. You yeah. live art. Um, and so I think it's really cool that people are in the front of their phones a lot. And so people are picking up their phone and they follow you and you're like cr helping inspire them to create more space in their life through this hashtag. Um, and as you said, like they're sharing it with others. And so yeah. I think that's wonderful. It's weird too, for me to be experiencing it that way, because to be totally honest, this year, this last year has been a way for me to understand my impact in a small way, which I used to diminish, but now I'm like, no, actually that has like a lot of really wonderful power to it. Um, mm -hmm. And so in sharing, in sharing this hashtag, which could sound, you know, seem kind of like, why would I do that? And I don't know, I just felt really compelled to do it. And that was as simple as that. Um, and for me, I mean, believe me, I would love to be able to have the time in my life right now where I could carve out time to like get that 35 minute exercise where I have that mindfulness practice and like moving my body and thinking about whatever happens every day. I would love that. I would love to be able to sit down and meditate 
twice a day, but I don't <laughs> yeah. have that, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have that time right now. And so um, it's very easy for me <clears throat> to weave it throughout because mm-hmm. like something like a noticing light practice um, is just, it's like this wonderful mindfulness practice that is not hard for me to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's great. I think for, for you to tell me that that's, inspiring Mm -hmm. and that that's how I see it and I have a strong feeling others that don't know about that are going to feel the same way and Mm. yeah I think that that's wonderful and I did want to back up a bit as we talk about the natural world and just for I mentioned in the intro that you live in Maine and you're an artist living in Maine and I know just knowing you personally that you have grown up in New England right so um where the winters are long and gray (laughs) and things die and I think there's this common uh thread that runs through conversations when you live up north where people say like, oh, it's cold, it's dark, there's no sun. And you can really get into that narrative living up there. And so the other thing that I would love for you to talk about is like how living in that way and living in that part of the US um, and how you found ways to notice light and like not be a part of that narrative and actually choose to focus more on actually there is light and it's there and you can notice it and then and you know the theme in this podcast is how art makes us well and how it keeps us well throughout our lives Um, and so and so I think in some ways with my mental health background hearing you doing this it's like it is a way for people to kind of shift their thinking patterns and say, right. you know, I don't want to focus on the gray all the time and the dark all the time. Yes, that's part of the reality, but actually I can consciously choose in my day to check in with the light. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So I, I grew up coming back here all the time. I grew up, my dad was a Marine, so we moved a lot, but, um, but New England is definitely like the home base. So, mm-hmm. um, Yes, so many people will say it's cold, like you're going to love that wood stove for the first year, but come April, it's not going to be so fun. And I um, I am very lucky that I have uh, a natural propensity for just effortless joy. It's something that's like ingrained in me. So I, I approach it from that. Like there's my there's my disclaimer. It's like a true it's just like this, it's like the truest thing in me. Um, the longer I'm around, the more that I realize that that is like a gift. <clears throat> so that being said, um, I think noticing light and and expressing that and sharing that experience is actually amplified because I live in a place that is cold and changing. I mean, I, I think it would actually feel less compelling to me if if the seasons didn't exist. I was actually talking to someone about this recently because noticing light is like noticing the way that the trees shadows are longer right now than they are in July, you know, like noticing when you're noticing light, you're, you're inherently noticing the dark that's balanced by it as well. Um, so like I have a very, very deep appreciation, especially because I live in Maine now for the changing seasons and the way that the light changes in the daytime. I mean, like even in moving into this house, I was like thrilled to see what, where the sunset and where it came through my windows in July, because it touches like one little part of this wall that it didn't, you know, in December, but in December it's coming in in a totally different way. And the sunsets are different. Like a lot of people I think can approach this experience Experience this way of experiencing the world um, in what I would call like a more obvious and more approachable way to noticing light, like a beautiful sunset (laughs) or a beautiful sunrise or a rainbow or a storm that passes and then you get this really, really sharp light. Um, Clearly, it's all grounded in nature to me. Um, Mm -hmm. but, But yeah, I think, I don't know, I think being in New England actually makes it stronger and more nuanced, which is you know, like thrills the the poet in me, you know? Um, And so, yeah, I think it's being here has honestly, we moved here to Maine in April of 2019. And since we've come here, I've just felt like my creativity 
flourish. And for all intents and purposes, I had twins in a pandemic and like schools got shut down and stuff. So everything should have stopped. Mm -hmm. Um, but it didn't, it's only mm -hmm. making everything just so expansive <laughs> for me. And I think a lot of it has to do with being here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm putting a pin in the expansiveness because I definitely want us to go there. Mm -hmm. And before we go there, I'm just starting a note. I would love for you to talk about, because um, you keep mentioning the light and the shadow. So we're talking about noticing light. And I think, you know, I think in our culture, there can be this way of um, sort of toxic positivity, like, let's just notice the light, let's just be positive. And I love that you're explaining more about actually, it is more nuanced than that. And like, without the shadows, there isn't the light. And there's this relationship between those two entities. And that I in for me from a mental health background that, you know, I think that we all have light and shadow within us. And I really believe that, um, you know, I think we all seek wholeness and not wholeness in the sense of I'm so enlightened and everything's positive and there's so much brightness in my life, but more so being able to just like fully embrace all of it, um, yeah. which we're not always great at because I think the shadow is icky and uncomfortable. Um, so I would love to hear if you have anything to say about that as sort of a metaphor for your personal life. How that shows oh, up. Oh, interesting. Um, yes, I think. Um, for, since having kids, it's it's actually been a very kid-related thing. Um, you know, like I have this <clears throat> lifelong just like basis of, of generally being very happy um, without having to try too hard. But kids throw the biggest wrench. And I have three kids. So like there's three wrenches coming at me at all times. And so <laughs> I... I think that it's sort of twofold. Like they have a very, very wonderful way of bringing you back to the moment because they are literally begging for you to do something right now. Right. And so mm -hmm. that has brought me um, to the moment. And <laughs> this, this is sort of like it, you know, being in the moment or like practicing mindfulness, it's sort of like, those are both things that have become these kind of gross catchphrases that you hear right. so often. Yeah. Um, and I, that does not resonate with me, but like having kids and having the immediate fullness of every single day and every single thing being so important, whether it be like cleaning up pee at dinner time because someone like doesn't have a diaper on or, or, you know, like someone's sick and you need to help them or enjoying something that's really funny to one kid, whatever. Um, everything feels very, very intense at the time. And so the intensity is shared in a really bad intense moment. Like when my son, literally COVID had just hit, we had newborn twins and we were like, don't run so fast. We can't go to the ER now. And he like had to get stitches because he ran into a table. It's in, and so like those experiences are really intense and bad, dark um, at the time. And to just move through them in the same fullness that you would move through a positive experience, like noticing light. It's like this simple, wonderful thing. And then it passes and the bad things are like simple, terrible things and they move. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely guilty of getting stuck in them and feeling very frustrated. Um, and yeah, I suppose, I suppose having children um, has been the greatest teacher uh, for me so far in flowing through all experiences with a sense of fullness and, uh, and awareness and being awake through them all. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like when we had newborn twins, right when the pandemic hit and we were changing, I, I literally remember changing five diapers in 30 minutes at night. Mm -hmm. You know this, I'm sure. Oh, I know and it's this. Yep. so frustrating. <laughs> um, and, and terrible. And you're already so sleep deprived. And I remember, um, luckily, I have a partner in life who is is also very much aligned with me in this thought process. So like, in the middle of the night, we were both just like, irate that this was happening. <laughs> um, but we were both just like, this sucks. This is terrible as we're doing it. Just like, this is, this is just really bad. And then you like finish the bad thing <laughs> and then you move on. And so 
um, I think the moving on is the important part and the not lingering in that bad feeling. But honestly, I do the same thing with good things. Mm-hmm. And that might be um, something that my parents helped me learn. Um, my mom is really, my parents are both very wonderful people and um, I love them so much. And I have, I'm learning more and more how uh, well they raised my sisters and I and how I want to give my children a similar upbringing. And so, you know, like when we were growing up, it was like, you get really good grades in school because you want to do that for yourself. And then you get a good job, Chris, and then that's it. And it's not like, we need you to be this. I I don't know. I I feel like it all comes back. I'm rambling a little bit, but, um, but there's like a simple, uh, I, I think it's like a simple way of experiencing everything a simple full way of experiencing everything so that mm-hmm. I, you know, like right now my career is thriving. I'm booking bigger commissions than I've ever done. And it's so exciting, but I'm also truly just as excited for the tulips to come up that I planted in the fall. That's like a, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's a very true statement. They bring me just as much joy as these like kind of loftier goals I've had for myself and my career that I'm also mm-hmm. experiencing. Mm. I don't know why. I I think we shouldn't even mm-hmm. wonder why. I think what we should actually then lead into is I would just love to hear you talk about um, how your life as an artist and your commitment to living as a creative throughout your life, like how, how do you think that that has sort of had like an interplay with this joy and this flow that you're describing? Yeah, um, I am doing the thing that I was like put on this world to do. It's like just as simple as that. <laughs> um, I know that and it like moves me deeply. And I um, I don't know, I just feel like the more that I share myself and, you know, I'm in my mid 30s so I'm feeling more like who I am, all of the things that I tested out in my twenties to see sort of what stuck. And even earlier, um, there's like an incredible amount of clarity that I've been experiencing in my thirties. So I just, I just know, like, if I look back on my life, I think like, huh, I took that path for this reason. Great. It led me here. Yes. Great. So now I can start this kind of like boom, boom, boom. And, and, follow the path that I've laid out for myself with choices that I've like labored over and, um, you know, followed. But I, I feel such a deep sense of purpose in being an artist and also being a mother. Those two things have, um, are equally wonderful. I think I would be worse at both of them if I had not done one or the other, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I, it's just, I feel like so lucky that I get to do this. And I also know that I've worked really, really hard to get to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's like not beyond me that it's crazy cool. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Yeah, absolutely. I think the way you describe that, it's just, it's really realistic and it encompasses what that path actually looks like because they think they're, before you went into that, I could imagine a listener might hear that and say, oh, well, it sounds like, you know, life has just flowed for Christina. But no, actually, like there were a lot of nitty gritty moments and super hard work that did not have a payoff, either monetarily or in other ways at certain moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so as we continue with this thread, I'm weaving through this podcast of like, how creativity keeps us well. Um, You talk about like having this, like just this like deep sense of purpose inside that just like charged you at all times. And I just want, cause I want people to have permission and know that like, it's, it would be completely okay if that's the case. And then there are also moments where, yes, you have this sort of like, 
I just, it's like a generator inside of you creatively is kind of what I'm hearing from you. It's like, you can have that, but sometimes the generator can like burn down a little bit. So, yeah. or there are moments where you're like, I can't as an artist. I mean, and I remember you and I touched on this, like in a personal conversation, like but as an artist for you, like moments where you're like, we can't pay for the basic things. Um, and mm -hmm. so, but continuing to say like, you know what? I believe in myself. I believe in my expression. I believe in its importance. This is my purpose. Like, I would love if you would share like how you did that for yourself. Like what, what do you do personally that continues to help you nurture that creative spark and just like keep listening to it? Yeah. Um, so I suffer from wanting to do so many things. Like I almost became a jazz singer and I almost like wanted to be an interior designer. And there have been all of these different things. I mean, I would also love to be like a master quilter or a printmaker gardener whatever all of these things but really <laughs> they are all ways of expressing right <clears throat> and so expressing creativity and so for me like i will still do facets of those things like i literally decided not to sing jazz for a living and go to school for that because i don't like staying up late that's like just the reason and so i had to sort of decide there was a point like a breaking point for me creatively was when I was trying to do everything that I wanted to do at once. And I'm a really good multitasker. I'm definitely like a type A artist. So I can like knock off a to do list any like the best of them. But I was I was realizing that a lot of the things that I love to do were suffering because I wasn't able to really focus on anything. So then I had to decide which was hard. And I landed on art, like I landed on going to school for fine art and focusing on that and um, other things I'm able to weave throughout my days. But there was, um, I had a drawing to professor, I think, who literally told my whole class, and I've remembered this, um, when you're stuck, because you will get stuck, just keep doing, just do, like make something, do something. And it's the best advice I give it to anybody. Like you will find you are a creative person. You have creative energy in you. It's just like a writer. You could say this for anybody who's trying to express themselves somehow. You just have to start doing something because eventually it's like you're page four. If you're a creative writer, like you get to this point where you think, oh, I just did that thing. And actually like that really feels good. Like something hit me when I'm looking at this or, you know, maybe come back to it later. I don't know, but there's nothing is going to happen if you just sit there and like plan too much, like think too hard <laughs> or um, I think kids help with that too. Like you don't have time to think too hard, but um, yeah. Like if you just sit and plan or think or, or just like imagine nothing happens. You're not sharing your ideas with anyone but your own brain. And so then how are people supposed to know, hey, that's Christina Waka. She she does X, Y, and Z. She's working with Micah, I think. I don't know if I'm not sharing that idea, you know, like um, I've been dealing with that. Um, two good friends of mine that I share a studio with right now are are starting to share their ideas and they're now seeing the fruits of that. And um, it's also a really scary thing to share yourself and to share your ideas, right? But I think just getting over that and understanding that like the creative energy inside of you is what compels you that just taking that jump to do something mm -hmm. just builds that something into other somethings like it or not, depending on what you allow in. Mm, such a wonderful answer there's so much there that I can respond <laughs> to and so I'm gonna just let that speak for itself I think that's mm -hmm. a great answer for people um and I think that's something I hear from many people I feel that myself just that it's it's just about sitting down and doing it just do it just I mean do don't it. overthink it we get way too in our heads about being creative um and I do think a lot of people that give up creative expression at some point in their lives. I do think that there can be this sort of, I would say maybe like a little T kind of trauma, you know, not a severe trauma, but a little T trauma to their artist self where they just feel like they had enough criticism thrown at them or 
whatever it may be, something happened where they decided, you know, there's a fork in the road here. I've always loved creative expression. Nope, not going to go there anymore. I'm not good enough. I, my peers are better or, uh, I'm more talented naturally at this. So no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or, you know, voices from family members that are maybe well-meaning of like, not wanting to nurture that because I think there's a narrative around being an artist and being a creative that isn't always positive in our culture. And so then Mm -hmm. I think, you know, without realizing it, people can really be affected by that and kept down by that. And what I love about one of my passions in psychology and just like our ability to shift that and that we can Mm -hmm. consciously choose to override that and say, maybe that was true yesterday, but I'm like, not going to let that be true anymore. And I'm actually going to reconnect with that. And I'm going to decide that, you know, here's another fork and I'm actually going to turn that way and I'm going to listen again. Um, And so that's definitely what I really want to inspire here is like, it doesn't matter where you are, like, just leave it back in because, you know, what you're speaking to here. And I think as I talk to other people, it's really like everyone I'm talking to has this spark that they nurture. And for you, like, I don't know, it is a fire. And I don't know what kind of fire you feel if we want to use a metaphor. I mean, what would you describe it as? Yeah, Yeah, a forest fire? um, (laughs) Right now, it's kind of in like a forest fire place. Yeah, I mean, yes, you're also talking to me in a time where I have like such flow and clarity that like, I'm really charged by it. Um, And like, I want to just like shout it on, like from the rooftops. I've always had this, I don't know, there's just like a joie de vivre or something, but um, but I just like, it's it's so simple. It boils down to such a simple thing that like, even if you think about it in a, in a, in terms of a child, right? Like they are these pure things that already kind of show a propensity for something like, I can point out lots of different things for my kids specifically, but I don't know. I'm just learning the more that things evolve for me, um, the more I'm learning that I was the one who made the choices to get me to where I am. And like, I have the power to do that. And you have the power to do that. Anybody does like you're the person who sets your path and you're the person who gives yourself permission to do it. Because no one else is going to do it. In fact, the more people you talk to, the more you're probably going to get a lot of negative feedback about it. And that could start to become your opinion, which isn't necessarily good. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's a forest fire. It's a forest fire. (laughs) Absolutely a forest fire. And I'm glad you're sharing us a peek into that forest fire. And I love that we're using that metaphor as you are married to a firefighter. So it's like even more fitting, but he's not putting it out, which is like a firefighter typically would put out. No. Right. Yeah. He, I, I also like, I had wonderful parents who nurtured my uh, like wildest dreams. My dad literally, when I was like, I want to, do x y and z i think i want to go sing jazz and like maybe i'll do maybe i'll sing jazz or like i want to rearrange my room for like the 20th time this month and he would literally tell me go manifest your destiny chris and i i I called him recently and i was like thank you for telling me to manifest my destiny i did like i'm doing it and he was like i yeah he's like i know that's great good for you and then he's like gotta go change my oil whatever you know like it was this quick cool you did it awesome it's so simple um, so shout but, out to Mr. Watka, shout out. Yeah, shout out to Greg. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. My mom too, seriously, just great people. And I'm so lucky to have had people who were like, yeah, you want to do that? Great, go do it. Not like, here's how we can help you. And of course they were kind of always there to help, but they're not artists. They were like, Where are you, where'd you come from? Good for you though. <laughs> you're you know? an alien beam down, but you inspire us and we like what you're doing here yeah. and we love you. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're proud of you. And um, yeah, but it's, it's very simple. And then I also happened to marry someone who a good example of this, um, we've been together for a very long time. Also, he's a jazz musician too. So he's a firefighter, but a creative person as well. Um, so he gets it, which is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got pregnant with twins and my career was snowballing in a really wonderful way, um, I, I told him one night, I was like, you know what, I know what it, 
takes to have one child as a newborn. And like, I know that my body, I'm going to like, I'm going to make the choice to like offer it up to them and like breastfeed as long as I can, whatever they need, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we'll have two and like an almost three-year-old when this happens. I didn't know that we would also have a pandemic at the time, but that became true later. And um, I told Andrew, I said, maybe, maybe I should kind of stop. Like maybe I should put the brakes on for a little bit because the reality, like, I don't know what the reality is going to be, but I can expect that it's going to be really intense and I'm probably going to feel conflicted. So maybe I should just decide to manage my expectations in this situation and like cool it for a while. And he like, didn't even miss a beat and was like, you can't do that. You will be so unhappy and we'll figure it out. And it was the best thing that he could have said because he was totally right. He knew, and I was just trying to think of like, you know, take all the emotion out of it and think like, maybe it's just best for our family if I slow it down. Cause like the mother in the first, you know, six months is more necessary, right? Um, physically. And so, yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't have to do that because we also chose that he would take a career as a firefighter so that he could be home a lot. And I would go to my studio when he was home taking care of our kids. So I'm very, very lucky in that way. Um, that's a huge part. I would respond to that saying what I know about you in this conversation that you had that foundation of people that were nurturing you. So I'm picturing you in this like wonderful nest that your parents mm. built with you. You kind of created it together and they're like, Christina, we nurture you. You're creative. We love this about you. Again, we don't get it, but we love you and that thing in you and that's your thing. So we are nurturing <laughs> that. So yeah. then I think you intentionally choose a partner who nurtures that too, because that's the message you've always known and that you you've worked really hard to embrace about yourself. Yeah. So I don't think it's lucky. I want to edit that. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's intentional. Yes, you're probably very right. Yeah. Um, yes, it helps me. Like, I feel very, very validated by them and him. And then therefore, the people that I choose to keep close are all championing the dream. Mm -hmm. That's it's important. Stuff. Yeah, that's important. And, and I'm glad that we ended up there talking about that, because I think that that is something that not everybody does have. Mm -hmm. um, and also that sometimes people do have that foundation and that, you know, things happen at a certain point. And I think it often happens in adolescence for people. I do feel like that's a big fork in the road as far as which yeah. way am I going to go? What am I going to nurture? What's important in my identity? Because people are really grappling with that. I mean, we can like yeah. all cringe a bit about adolescence, right? It's just a cringy yeah. time and yeah. so much reflection going on and tossing things out and curating other things. And I mean, there is so much figuring out going on. So I do think that that happens often, but you made the choice not to. Um, and so what I would then ask is if you had anything to share with others that are listening about um, maybe if they didn't have that foundation, like they didn't feel nurtured early on about their creativity or they had some sort of smaller trauma around creativity and around their self in general, like, what would you say to sort of encourage them and to share a bit of your spark with them and say, you know, like, this is, this is how you can do that. Like, just start here. Yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I think, I think there is this tiny voice when I think back, like that voice has always, always been there. You can call it a spark. You can call it a tiny voice. You can call it a gut feeling. You can call it God. You can call it many things, right? Um, it's there and it's talking to you. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that is so important to listen to. Yep. And it, you know, like personally, I didn't have much resistance from my parents or peers in a big way, in a big memorable way, at least. Um, so I feel I'm very grateful for that. But I do know that that thing was there it's been there forever. I just feed it. And so like, <clears throat> you can, you can hear it and you can decide that that's the thing to listen to, which it probably truly is for everyone. Um, and it would be very hard if you had to butt up against your parents 
or your vo your voice, <laughs> right? Um, but I know that there are people, I think I've heard tell that there's, all you need is one person to help you change your mind or realize that that's like a possible way to go in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hopeful to be that person for people. I feel more and more like I would love to do that. I'm happy that you asked me to talk here um, for that reason too. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I mean, like I would say, you know, if you, if, if someone is struggling in a younger age and they know, or they feel like they have this inkling of the voice that is talking to them, that is them and their like truest, truest sense to find someone else that will validate it and to spend time with that person. Mm -hmm. If they're not getting that from, their family or because it will help them hear themselves clearly, I think would be my mm -hmm. advice. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great yeah. advice. Yeah. Um, so then I will ask you, I think I want to know a couple more things. I'm wondering if you want to share anything about your ceramic work if, or if you feel like you'd rather focus on noticing light today. No, I think noticing light felt right in this. The ceramic work has been around. I love it too, but like that's newer. So I'm happy to share. Yeah, we'll keep it to noticing light. I think that that feels good. And I haven't really been able to talk about it more than just like sharing it as I do. So that was, that's, that was really helpful. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. I'm happy to, I think you have an important mm -hmm. message and I want to help you share it even more because I think yeah. it can help others. So cool. that's kind of the theme here. So, um, so then I would ask you, as you are this creative generator who that's like bopping around inside your forest fire right now, you are just in it and you are just like blasting with creativity because you've been listening to it and you've been feeding it for so long and you've yeah. been through nitty gritty moments and now you are here, lady. You have arrived and you've arrived doesn't mean that you know, life is yeah, perfect as never, but right, you know, like you have arrived, yeah. you have arrived to that place of like, it's paying off in multiple ways for you, all yes. this work that you've put in um, yeah. and energy. And so then I would ask you, like, how are you? Because I think part of also continuing to be creative is like, yes, show up, just do it. But putting yourself out of your comfort zone is a really important part of being creative. And you kind of touched on that as far as like, it's freaking scary to put yourself out there. Um, like it requires some serious bravery. And mm -hmm. um, and I have to just be honest, like I've never struggled with bravery. If anything, I've always been someone that's kind of had to figure out how to dial it back a bit. Cause I'm like, yeah. if I want to do something. I'm just brave and I show up, but not everyone feels that way. And it's, it's yeah. really, cause it is scary. You really have to tolerate that fear and just be like, I'm going to catch myself. So, um, so talk to me a bit about like how you're continuing to do that and nudging yourself out of that comfort zone so you can like keep growing and keep pushing your creativity and like expanding it where you're at right now. Yeah. Um, honestly, the thing that has been the uh, scariest thing for me recently is, um, is giving myself permission to be so effortlessly happy to everyone. I'm not kidding. It was really hard to get there because I used to feel apologetic for it or feel like, why is this just something that I have? I should probably not share it so fully because I feel sort of bad that other people don't have that. Mm. There's a lot of suffering that happens in the world. Why should I, why should I be fully me? <laughs> if fully me means being really happy and like really full of life. And so that was like a lot of my testing things, like until my thirties, I guess, being a parent probably is the thing that did it. Cause I was like, you know what? I don't have to, I don't know. I don't know what it was that switched, but um, I decided maybe because like, I don't know, not sharing myself fully, didn't work or I don't know maybe it was just the thing that like fire that grew and I just had no choice but to just try this other thing that was to share myself fully um and it was very scary it used to be something that I would tell like a friend at a bar and be like I don't know I'm just really 
happy. Like I'm just like I'm really happy. Like <laughs> I have a secret. Can you yeah. keep it? Like this is true. What you see is true. And and I've heard, you know, using Instagram as an example, it's been this way that I've decided it's the only social media I do. I don't have Facebook, I don't have TikTok, I won't ever. Because I just feel like this is kind of like a nice way. It's like a nice corner of the internet that I have. And um, I think that it comes across in a really earnest way because it is that way. Um, I've even had really dear, dear friends recently who have um, known me for years admit recently um, that like, I don't know, I never really thought that like you were fully like or that you were being totally honest all the time or like that it was really possible to be that happy consistently but she now feels that she's coming into herself in like a really vibrant way and she was like you were like the you were like the thing that I was shooting for but I didn't think it was possible and to even admit that out loud it feels like I should, probably shouldn't have said that but I don't mm. care anymore because um I am just truly who I am and it's not something that I have to shy away from. So inherently that is very scary. That's a very big answer to that question, but also something else that's very scary um, and bold and brave. Sharing my artwork has never felt like a brave choice to me. Someone also recently told me that it was a very brave thing to do. And I was like, really? <laughs> it's brave? And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty brave. It is brave. But I've never felt, I don't know, I guess that was removed from enough <clears throat> that it felt okay to share that way. But saying that I'm just like generally very happy all the time it felt scarier in a way. But um, we're building a studio here that is very expensive and very large and should be large because I am a large scale installation artist. I can't paint in a room, you know, I'm not a painter in a room. It's really scary, like really scary, like existential crisis scary occasionally. Mm. But then it's also happening at the same time as I feel more fully alive and in myself than I ever have. And so I have to do the really scary thing of trust myself and invest in myself and take the biggest leap of faith that I have ever taken. And I'm doing it, but it's really scary. It's really, really scary. And that is a great answer to my question of how you're nudging yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's where you're at now. And we could probably have a whole nother chat about like other nudges you had at other times that maybe yeah. felt smaller in scale compared to having a wonderful large studio space for you to do your installation art and for you to take up space, which is what you do in your work. That is a big piece of what you do and need to do um, yeah. in order to create and express what you're trying to create um so i do think when you say like feeling guilty for being happy i would also say to that for people that are listening i actually think that ties in so well with why we should nurture our creative spark right like this is why because yeah. then you will be really happy and you aren't talking about the sort of happy that's like the little yellow smiley face that we all know that you just like plaster on your face all the time we're not talking about that no. we're talking more maybe about this as you said this fullness in life and this deep sense of like i am making choices that are in line with myself and feel right for me and nourish me and move me in the direction I want to go in. And I am very intentionally doing that. And yes, there are moments that are scary. And yes, there are moments where, I don't know, you could have a low-key panic attack. I mean, there are moments that are not happy, yellow smiley no. face happy, right? I mean, yes. so I want to just, I want to expand on what you're saying just to say that, um, that it is absolutely okay to be happy. And actually, I love that you shared that um, candidly with us because it ties in. And I think it gives other people permission that like, if you do start to listen more to your voice, and I love that you keep talking about your voice, because that is one of my favorite poems with um, Shel Silverstein. I've always loved yes, that one. Just yes. this, it's so simple and to the point, and I just love <laughs> it. And it's such a great reminder that I always like to touch back in with because it's mm -hmm. so important to keep listening to that voice. Um, yeah. So if you're doing that, you are going to feel happier in your life because you 
are just very clear on where you want to go and what serves you and what doesn't. And you are in the deepest sense showing up for yourself every day. So, yes. so it is okay to be happy when you're doing that because I think that that's actually our work is not to diminish ourselves or feel like we should dial down how happy we are and we should shrink ourselves and we should just like not show up as fully because it's too full and it's too happy and it's too shiny and we shouldn't be doing that because I think when you say this piece about there's a lot of dark in the world, there is a lot of dark. And so I think we do also need light workers and yeah. we have to wrap up in a second. I think that ties in with your noticing light and this like dichotomy of the shadow and the light. And if you are a light light worker in this world, like lean into it. It's wonderful. We need leaning. it. Yeah. You are leaning. So you I'm are an leaning. example. Yes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. And I love <laughs> this doesn't often happen, but that because we're just about out of time that we would like roll right into that in this beautiful way. And like so the awesome. metaphors that have popped up in our conversation. <laughs> and now we're just like neat little yeah. bow. Um, <laughs> and so I just have two quick questions for you before <clears throat> okay. I ha have you tell people your socials and your website. Um, yeah which I'm going to put in the show notes so people can hear that too. Awesome. Um, what is inspiring you right now? Just what's the first thing that comes to mind? What is inspiring mm. you? Um, the way that the ice stacks up on the salt marsh near my house. Mm. It sounds and looks amazing. Mm. Yeah. And so then that leads into this, but maybe you have a separate answer. What is helping you listen and pay attention more in your life mm -hmm. right now? Oh, leaning into my effortless joy. That is. Mm. Shows, yep, that's it. <laughs> hey, okay, book title. Okay. <laughs> I see you, book title. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh -huh. I love it. Uh-huh, I do too. Mm -hmm. So let people know um, how they can connect with you. Yes. Um, okay, so Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. It's just at Christina Watka, W-A-T-K-A. Um, and then my website is uh, christinawatka.com. And, you know, like DMs, emails, whatever. I feel mm -hmm. so happy to share and like write a quick email, download someone else's thoughts. I'm learning how to like safely share in myself and not give too much to others and just like be fully here. Anyway, yeah. I loved this conversation, Christina. Um, yes, I'm so glad you were a big, huge yes when I asked if you would want to talk. So mm -hmm. yay for that. Mm -hmm. And I was trusting my voice that was like, this is going to be a juicy conversation that other people are going to love to hear. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Christina Watka. I hope that you found it as moving as I did. Please check out the show notes to read all of the main points in the episode and to find any resources that were mentioned today. I can't wait to share the conversation with our next guest, Andre Hines, on March 22nd. If you want to stay connected to the podcast, please subscribe and come connect with me on Instagram at underscore creative spark. Please also rate and review this show as it helps me to share these powerful messages with more people. Thank you.